Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. All right, everybody, we got a great show for you today. We have Packy McCormick. He's the VP of experience at a company called Breather. And Breather is not just your flexible office space that, you know, they just buy up some big offices in downtown cities and then hope someone takes over the rent. They really are focused on creating an experience that makes an environment for working optimal. And you can see this in the aesthetics of the photos of their office spaces and where they're at. Uh, They're all across the US, in Canada, UK. They've got a unique take on this flex office space. We talk about that. We talk about some of the trends. We talk about where it's going in the market and some of the, the things that make Breather unique in this interview. So kick back, relax, enjoy this one. Hey, Packy, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. As, as we both have already uh, talked about prior to starting the recording here, we are both battling the allergies of the season. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. It's one of the fun parts about the job is I get to be around uh, and outside looking at spaces. But the, the flip side of that is I'm, I'm more likely to get allergies. Yeah, well, th- that's true. Yeah. See, I learned the lesson the hard way. I keep forgetting in springtime, you can't sleep with the window open. You really can't. I'm an AC no. guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Northwest, we don't really have a whole lot of AC. We we have a, a small unit in our living room, but, you know, well, hey, that's that's what that is. It's what's coming. Speaking of breathing, uh, we're going to talk about the company called Breather today. Uh, before we go into details, uh, why don't you let everyone know who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm Packy McCormick. I'm the VP of experience at Breather. And what Breather does is we offer startups and established brands a global network of flexible, thoughtfully designed workspaces So we bridge the gap for users whose needs fall between co-working and long-term direct leases by providing flexible options, whether they need space for a meeting or space for their team to work and be their most productive. Uh, At Breather, I'm the the VP of experience. Uh, And what that means at Breather is I'm responsible for delivering a physical product or a space that our customers love and are most productive in. Love it. That was uh, to the point. You've practiced this answer before. I've been a breather for a little under six years now. And, and so, um, you know, I'm always happy to, to talk about the company and what we're doing. Yeah, let's talk about that. So you've actually been with the company nearly since the beginning. I have. Uh, I joined Breather in late 2013, left, left finance, uh, talked Breather a little bit on AngelList on Twitter. Uh, finally, they handed over the reins to, uh, to New York City. So I was our first uh, U.S. employee. I launched the New York market for us, um, grew that for about four years, and I've been in this role for a little over a year. Yeah, good on you. So you, you got out of the, the finance. I don't, I don't want to say banking. It wasn't banking, was it? It was banking. Oh, okay. So you're like, oh, I'm done with that. Got my taste. I'm done. Going into real estate. Absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. I've heard that story a few times, but this is the first time someone said they, they were uh, stalking a company on AngelList. I, I do that every single week. <laughs> uh, it worked. Well, cool. So let's jump right into the, the, the meat here. What is the big problem that Breather is trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. So the big problem that, that Breather is trying to solve is really the fact that historically people have been lo- locked into five, 10, 15 year leases. They have a business that they're trying to run that is focused on whether that's building a product, whether that's building apparel, whether that's building software, that's the focus of their business. The focus of their business isn't getting an office space. 
but mm-hmm. for six, nine, 12 months, that becomes one or two key people's main job. You're touring space. You're trying to figure out how to deal with contractors. You're trying to figure out, uh, you know, what furniture you should put in the space. You're doing all these things that you're not good at. We're really, really good at that. And so we deliver spaces that uh, use research and use a team of designers and construction professionals and real estate professionals to find the right space and design it the right way to make your team the most productive so that you can just sign a really short agreement, move into a space, be ready to work. Everything is flexible and turnkey. Um, and so, you know, breather offer space for as little as two hours and, and up to, you know, two, three years. And so wow. across that whole spectrum, we provide space uh, for people to do the things that uh, they need to do at any given time at work. Yeah. I mean, that's, so that's uh, interesting. So, uh, you know, it could be something like maybe someone's hosting a mastermind, they want to pick a cool spot, but they don't hold down a, an office. It doesn't make sense to rent an office. Absolutely. Something like that. So you can do a one day event. Um, but also, you know, this is something I've, I've, I've been researching recently is what you kind of talked, you touched on this a little bit, you know, that two to three year mark, you know, if you're trying to get a lease and lock it down in New York, because, and I'll, we'll pick on New York, but well, you know, you're trying to lock it down in New York, you know, it, it's, it's a, there's a ton of talent there, right? So you want to bring the best of talent to your company, but you've got a you've got to lock down a five year lease at least. Well, if you're aggress- aggressively growing, you have two options: get a really big office, or get that office that you know has twenty percent room to grow, and then look at yourself and become a landlord, subletting out that space at a discount two years in. Absolutely. And having to go shop another space and go repeat the process. It becomes a full-time job for people. And, and, and the interesting thing, and so uh, we were born kind of as a meeting space company, and then we kind of grew the size of our spaces, grew the, the size of our, our network. Um, and as we grew, we, had, we noticed that companies were kind of booking more and more and more and more and more, and they would, they would kind of accelerate their bookings. And what we learned is that's them running out of space. And so what happened was companies weren't just booking us for maybe a day, two days at a time they'd start booking day by day by day for a week and then a month. And you'd realize they need the space for, for their team to be able to grow. And so mm. we talked to our customers, we, we dug in and we realized that there's this real need for, for private flexible space. And so we've really gone uh, kind of full-fledged into building that out uh, in a really thoughtful way. Yeah, and it, and it totally makes sense. I mean, because otherwise then, you know, each lease you have to tie up capital yet too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have a security deposit that if you're a growing startup can be six, 12 months uh, of rent. And that, that's, that can go to the millions of dollars. Not to mention the fact that you're spending, especially if you, you haven't done this before, at least 50, sometimes $100 a square foot. So, you know, in a 2,000 square foot lease, you're talking 200,000, but in 20,000, you're talking $2 million of upfront capital. And again, that's money that could be spent kind of building your business. I never thought about, uh, I didn't think about asking this prior to, I never actually thought about this, but have you guys done any math of like how much money is probably tied up in unnecessary sublet subleases? We haven't, but it's, it's a crazy amount, right? And so it's gotta be, first of all, it's gotta be a fascinating dollar. You know what? We're going to go back and we're going to run those, those numbers afterwards, but you know, there's millions of square feet just in New York alone. Uh, the people have locked in security deposits on paid construction dollars on it's billions. So what, uh, so moving forward here, what's some of the bigger differences between, cause obviously co-working and flex office space has really taken off in the last few years as businesses are realizing, Hey, it's good for us to be agile. We need to be agile because that enables us to have some advantages that you just can't have if you lock down, 
you know, one location or big, you know, uh, static type agreements. Um, what are some differences between a breather space and uh, I would say like, let's, let's say co-working space. Cause I see some companies adopting co-working spaces and I want to know the difference between the two. Yeah. So breather is really kind of the anti co-working uh, breather is flexible, private office space. Have you worked inside of a co-working space before? Oh yeah. A handful. Yeah. It's, you know, it's buzzy. It's, it's right. If you're a really, I think small company and you just need a really, really small space but as you're a company that either is established and you want to launch a new market or is growing to the point where you have 10, 20 plus employees, you want a space that is uh, really a, a space that you can call your own, a space where your brand can shine through and a space where you can build your own culture. And I think it's really hard to achieve that in a co-working space where you kind of just uh, adopt the culture of the co-working space that you're mm-hmm. working out of. Uh, and so what's different about Breather is it really, you know, for all intents and purposes and to the employee's eye, it's just a better designed, easier to use office space that you can rent for a shorter amount of time. But it doesn't feel like you're kind of one of many, many companies uh, in a small box in a, in a sea of larger boxes. Yeah. So looking, looking through some of, the, uh, some of the spaces that you guys have listed on the site. So uh, here I was actually checking out some Chicago uh, offices. A lot of them have a very almost there's almost like a, a, a signature aesthetic that you Absolutely. guys apply to your offices. Can you talk to me? What, what is the, you know, the, and that's, that's your role. I mean, that's part of what you do is ensuring the experience is awesome. Absolutely. So what, what is it that goes into the, the theory or, or the, the make of, Hey, this is going to be a breather office and here's what, how we can, you know, make it a signature stamp of this is what you get with breather. Absolutely. So uh, if you're talking about uh, kind of one of our, our traditional meeting spaces, you're always going to have, um, you're always going to have uh, enough kind of workspace and table space for people to have really productive meetings. You're going to have the AV that you want in the room. Uh, we're looking for spaces that have a lot of natural light, uh, which increases productivity. Uh, we're looking for spaces that have cool features. So particularly if you're looking in Chicago, you see a lot of exposed beams. You're seeing a lot of exposed brick. Uh, yeah. so those really kind of nice features that inspire you to work. And depending on the city that we're in, kind of the bones that, that we work with, uh, we'll find spaces that have some of those features that make it an inspiring uh, place to work. Uh, if you're looking at our office spaces, um, what I think we do differently than, uh, than others in the space is that we really focus more on productivity than, than density. And I've said that word probably about five, five times now, and we say that word hundreds of times every day. And what that physically means is we're making these trade-offs where we're saying, hey, maybe we fit 10 fewer desks in this space. We're not jamming people in. But what we're doing instead is providing enough private spaces, providing enough separation between the different kind of work areas that people can actually focus on their work. We have a great director of research on our team. And one of the most interesting uh, kind of facts that she brought is the most distracting thing that happens to somebody in an office is hearing one half of a conversation. So if you have somebody next mm-hmm. to you who's on a phone call um, and you can only hear half of the conversation, one, you're distracted by the noise, but then two, you're kind of wondering in the back of your head what's going on there and you can't focus on your work. And so we really want people to have visual and auditory privacy uh, wherever they're working. And that expresses itself um, in, in kind of more breakout space, phone booths, all of those kinds of things than you typically see in a flex office. I would say the one thing that may be more distracting than hearing one side of the conversation is the people that have the conversation on speakerphone. Oh, well, I mean, that's, that's just a faux pas at this point. You get fired immediately if you do that. <laughs> Seriously, what's wrong with those people? Come on. Come on. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the the lease uh, agreements here. So, what company says? All right, uh, I found this spot on your website. It looks great. You know, it's got that startup feel to it. It's got classic look and feel to it. It's got some wood beams. It's got some some brick. I'm looking at one. It's got an image of a bison image. Yep. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna sign that lease today. By the way, Give uh, me a <laughs> just cause that it'll match my bison tattoo. But so somebody like wants that wants the space. Uh, what what are the terms that that you can set up? Do they you know is if they do short term, do they have to do so many months or can they do years? And, and does that affect price? So, so as I mentioned, we, you can go down to as little as two hours uh, and and up to two three years and really wow. anywhere in between. And so. You know, for a two-hour meeting, a week-long kind of offsite for your team, a month-long uh, flex space for a project, all the way up to really your company's HQ or HQ in a new city, we can do all of that. And so yeah. what will change uh, depending on your duration is really kind of the, the price that you're paying and how custom uh, we can make the space. So if you're moving into a space for a year, two years, we'll work with you uh, on the layout. Although you know, our spaces are really optimized so that 80 90% of companies are going to move in, be totally ready to go on day one. Companies also want to be able to kind of influence the space that they're in. That's another big factor uh, in, in employee satisfaction in the workspace is how much control they feel they have over their space. And so we'll work with you to make sure that kind of within, within the bounds of what we know is going to be productive uh, for different types of teams, that you're able to customize the space. Got it. And then, um, so, so as I'm searching through on the site and, and looking at all these different spaces, um, you know, it seems like you guys are a crossover because while there's a marketplace clearly, um, but you guys also hold the lease. Can you talk to me about like, are you leasing each of these spaces or are some of these also, uh, other landlords have come to you or building operators have come to you and said, Hey, can you, can you list this on your marketplace and get, get that rented out for us? Sure. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a combination. Um, in the beginning of Breather, we, we, I remember we had a plan to sign three leases and then everything else thereafter was going to be marketplace. And so we did that. We signed three leases and then we would take different spaces on the platform uh, for, for meeting, uh, meeting uses. And what we realized really quickly was that an office space isn't like uh, an Airbnb, where if there's a leaky sink or if there is a really dirty welcome mat or just these little things on a vacation, that's this quirk and this funny story that you have from your vacation. When you're having an investor meeting or a client meeting or an important pitch, that's not a funny quirk. That, that's something that can really derail a meeting. So yeah. we actually took control of the spaces ourselves by signing the leases, building out a design and construction team. Uh, we have a tremendous operations team that is uh, managing this distributed network of over 500 spaces. What's happened recently is actually the market has caught up. And so instead of working with people who have extra space or who have extra meeting space, now we're working directly with landlords who say, I want this flexibility in my building. I want to be able to offer my tenants uh, flexible workspace. I want to be able to offer the meeting space, lounge space. And so now that the industry is really kind of matured and caught up to, to flex workspace, we're doing yeah. more and more partnership deals directly with landlords. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think that uh, we're starting to see the evidence that these types of spaces improve the value of a building. They, they really inject a bit of life and, and vigor where, you know, if it was a stagnant office or just a kind of just a regular, I guess, uh, type arrangement, um, you, it, it just, yeah, it feels static. It doesn't get that same vibe to it. People don't want to be there. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I think the really nice part about it too, and, and this goes to the same, same thing that we're talking about on the flex side, is that when we are in a building and we're partnering with a landlord, the landlord doesn't have to think about what's the, the most kind of up-to-date current trend in what makes people productive in a meeting space right. or workspace. The company doesn't have to think about, hey, I use a 24-person meeting room once a month maybe. Do I need to put this in my space? You don't really. We actually can provide that space in the building for you so you can use it just when you need it. And so again, it allows both landlords and companies to be able to focus on the things that they're really best at. Do, uh, do, do landlords get an opportunity? Like if they come to you and say, hey, I want to partner with you guys, um, but we, we want, a t- uh, uh, we want a, a cut of the upside. Absolutely. Is, so you do work with landlords on that? We do. And, and that's, I think, the best way for, for this to work, right? It's, we really want to partner with landlords. We're not here to, to do what landlords do. Owning a building, maintaining a whole building, operating a building, uh, attracting kind of long-term tenants, that's really hard to do and a unique skill set that landlords have. What yeah. we do really, really well is flexible workspace and meeting space. And so we want to partner with landlords to provide that in their building. And then we split the upside in them. And, and what you see happen in that is not only are they able to attract new tenants, but the tenants that they have uh, are, are the best customers of that space. And so you have people coming in from the outside, particularly have people who are in that, that building using the space. And so we have a space at, at 10 Hudson Yards. It's in Hudson Yards, the, the big development project on the west side yeah, yeah. of the city. And that's almost exclusively uh, Hudson Yards tenants who are coming to use the space uh, for trainings, for meetings, for they're having a group of CEOs in their industry come into town and they want a really impressive space with the views. They'll use the breather space in the building for that. And then uh, we split the upside with related. Very cool. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So you, know, you kind of talked a little bit about why companies are choosing breather, but what are some of the, like, the, the, you know, the, uh, the top reasons you hear over and over again as to, hey, we, we need to work with you where, wherever you're at because fill in the blank. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we have the most flexibility and the most optionality for companies. And so the vast majority of companies that ended up using our office product actually came in because they had a meeting or they had a performance review or they had something they had to do in one of our, our smaller spaces. They loved that experience. They started booking those spaces more. And then when it was time to look for their next office and they didn't want to be locked into a five, 10-year lease, they come to us for the office space piece as well. The cool thing then is once they're in the office space, those companies are still, and, and sometimes at an increasing rate, using the other spaces. So, you know, today we work in in an office space, and I said we work, but I meant breather works out of out of an office space. <laughs> I'm in a breather space right now because to find a quiet place to record record a podcast, hard to do that in an office sometimes. But yeah, it was perfect for that. And there are hundreds of different ways that people use different types of space at different times. And so what we want to be able to provide to companies is the ability for their employees to really be empowered to work wherever they work most productively. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I totally agree. I mean, I have a tough time with uh, finding a quiet space for recording podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. You're not alone. There are a lot of people, a lot of podcasts that I listen to actually uh, are recorded in breather spaces. Yeah. Well, I need to look one up because, you know, uh, we closed out my office where I'm at and uh, we're getting ready to relocate out to Chicago. So that's actually one of the reasons uh, I was like, well, let me find some spots in Chicago. Maybe there's a a good little spot I can drop into every once in a while. Absolutely. So uh, we we talked in New York, we talked Chicago, but what other cities are you guys in? Are you just across the US or are you also international? 
So we were born in Canada. Uh, we were born in Montreal, Canada. Uh, we're also in Toronto and Ottawa in Canada, and we're also in the UK. So uh, in the US, we have New York, San Francisco, LA, Chicago, Boston, uh, DC, um, and you know, we're across the pond as well. So yeah. that's one of the kind I, of... The all right. I want to I pick on you guys for just a minute. <laughs> Please. Why no Seattle? Seattle actually came up in conversation two days ago. It, it's on our short list for, uh, for next markets that, that we go to. Anywhere where there's you know, uh, a, fast, a scene of fast-growing uh, tech companies, yeah. a company like ours does is really, really well, particularly as real estate there is getting more expensive. Being smarter about the way that you consume real estate gets more and more important. That's why it works so well in New York, right? It's, yeah. Real estate is so expensive here that it really means a lot to lock yourself into a five, 10-year lease. More and more of that's happening in markets like Seattle. And so that's when we see opportunities. To have, you, have you guys done any work with uh, developers as they're you know, building out their, their condo buildings of trying to reserve like a floor or two of say, hey, this is going to really be to your benefit. You need flexible co-working in your condo building. You have a, a bit of a crystal ball. Uh, those are conversations that we've kind of started to have. So uh, nothing on that yet, but uh, look out for that. Okay. Yeah. And you know, just for everyone listening, like I didn't plan that question and Packy didn't know that coming here. Like, uh, but this is just one of those things where I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate to, to speak with people like you and, and I do get, you know, different takes, but this is one of those development things that just makes sense. Like how can you make a building worth more? 100%. If you're going to build new condo buildings, it'll probably going to be higher end condos. That's the typical pattern. New is higher end and up old becomes the, the, the new low end. Absolutely. And what better way than teaching developers, hey, we need more of these flexible spaces because this is what companies want. And if you're going high end with your condo, you might as well just, hey, CEO, you should just live here. It's, you know what, it's, it's so true. And I think what we're seeing a little bit is kind of the convergence of all of the different types of, of real estate. It's obviously... Uh, malls are becoming distribution centers, et cetera, et cetera. But there's really a lot of influence from residential and uh, and the hotel world coming into office in terms of the amenitization of space, um, yeah. really thinking about kind of the individual customer's experience uh, in the building. And so it, it would not surprise me to see a lot more kind of the merging of the asset classes. Yeah, I love that. Uh, speaking of amenities, uh, fill me in. What are some amenities I can expect when I show up to a breather office? Yeah, so when you show up to a breather office, you know we have the we have the basics covered, right? We have really really fast Wi-Fi in the markets that we're uh, that, that we can. We partner with uh, Pilot Internet, and that's what I'm using right now. Uh, did not plan to give them a plug, but it's just really fast internet. Shout out Pilot yes. Internet. It just it just works. Um, and <laughs> you have that. You have AV. You have the ability to wirelessly connect anything, any of your devices to the AV in the space. Um, you have you know cutting edge kind of furniture. So whether that's room phone booths, whether that's sit-stand desks, uh, we can work with you to, to make sure that you have all of that. The other thing we do is connect you with the different services you need outside of what we do. What we're really good at is designing office space and using technology uh, to give seamless access to that space and to make it really easy to, to book that space. What we're not great at, what we never want to do ourselves is catering or brewing coffee or doing all of those things. And so yeah. we'll use the fact that we're, we have this technology platform to connect people to the best uh, of what's around them in the neighborhoods that they're in. And we'll focus on providing a really productive space for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. I mean, and I get a sense of that looking just at the photos. I mean, that's what I was trying to gauge off of looking at them. I see that's already got mini fridge so you can like put your drinks and things in there and 
you know, almost all of them had uh, uh, one or multiple flat screens, whether mounted to the wall or on a, a movable stand. And the last thing you want to do is get a space and then you have to reconfigure the whole space just to use it. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, that's maybe. Our job. What's that? That's our job to do for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, and that, yeah, you want to be able to walk in, do the work you need to get done, have a beer, and then leave. Absolutely. I feel like yeah. So, what, what are some of the cities that you're seeing the most growth in? Yeah, so I, I think it's uh, really kind of interesting to see that as we've added the office product, growth is kind of just, it was growing really quickly before in the meeting business. And then it just kind of went vertical uh, on the office product. And we're seeing a demand for flexible office space across all of our markets. And then that in turn uh, increases the demand for, for the meeting space. I think cities like New York and San Francisco where rents are growing really, really quickly um, are seeing probably the fastest increase in demand. But if you look at Los Angeles, one of the really interesting things out there is as all of these companies are coming in and spending a lot more money on producing new shows, these things that spin up and down pretty quickly, mm. a lot of production companies are setting up in LA and saying, hey, for the next five months as we build out X new show, we're going to do that in a breather space and then we can turn that off whenever, uh, whenever we need to. And so you're seeing kind of these different uses for flex office space in all the different markets that we're in. I hadn't thought about uh, the specific use case for LA and how unique that must be for getting office space for projects while they're spinning up. Absolutely. So we in, in LA, um, you know, as a meeting business, there's a lot of demand for it, but it's a really hard market to operate because it is so spread out. As an office business, it just fits so, so well uh, to have really short-term flexible space just because of the nature of the biggest businesses out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense to me. And obviously, we'll, we'll just put, you know, uh, cities about to see a ton of growth. We'll just throw Seattle in there, uh, yeah. just giving a shout so out to Northwest. We believe that as well. <laughs> I think they're waiting for you, man. They're waiting for you. Let's get that, uh, that uh, pre-sign-up list rolling. Um, <laughs> what's been something that you could say that's been a, a significant driver to your growth? I mean, you've already talked about, you know, really meeting the demand for not just a meeting space, but having that flex office product. Um, obviously, the aesthetics are there, but um, obviously, there's still some business, there's marketing development. Uh, what's really been driving the growth of Breather? Yeah, so I think it's, uh, I'm going to kind of cop out here and, and say that it's really not any one of those things in particular. It's the fact that we were born with all of these things kind of working together. And so just given the nature of what, what we did, in the beginning, we were giving people access to space in half-hour increments of time all over the city. And so we built these capabilities that made uh, kind of, one, the focus on the customer because you had to get those customers to repeat a lot for the business to work. Real strong focus on the customer and how to market to them and how to acquire customers super efficiently. Mm-hmm. That's been something that we've evolved over time. At the same time, the technology that we need to build to be able to manage networking spaces like that applies to office space in such a way that it makes it really, really easy to, to be able to manage office space for us. And so we have all these capabilities that we've developed kind of in tandem that when put together, they make a really seamless experience. Uh, and then we kind of still have that focus on the individual customer within companies that book breather spaces. And I think that's really what it is. You can tell when you walk into a breather space that this wasn't just designed for the person who's making the leasing decision. It was designed for the people who for the next 365 days are going to be working out of this space. Uh, and, and I think that shines through and then uh, companies and employees really appreciate that. I love it. I mean, that's a, that's a full picture uh, take on it. Not just uh, we have really cool coffee. 
<laughs> I, I really think that, that to succeed in this business and just kind of in, in new businesses in general right now, you have to be born with a lot of different capabilities. There's a mm-hmm. lot of tech that can take, take care of uh, some of the things that you would have had to build yourself in the background before, but you really have to be good at managing supply. You really have to be good at, at having a relationship with the customer and listening to them and making sure that goes back into your product development. Uh, and we're really good at all of those things because of the way that we kind of have grown yeah. Yeah. What, what's uh, something that you can share that maybe was a failed experiment or a product or something that you tried and realized, hey, this isn't working. We need to pivot away from that. Yeah. So this one was uh, my idea and a total failure. We, <laughs> a couple of years ago, tried something that we called Breather Library. Um, and it was essentially just a hot desking, right? Um, and people could book a desk at a time. We'd have an employee waiting in the space and there were about nine desks set up so that people could pop in, hot desk, uh, get their work done, do whatever they needed. Obviously, hot desking and co-working are, are really popular and so it's not a, an indictment of the industry. But I think what people have come to expect out of Breather is private space. And so it just didn't kind of mesh and it's not what people were looking to Breather for. And so we would have, you know, three, four people a day come use the library, not nearly... Uh, as much uh, demand as we would have seen if we had just kept that as a meeting space. And so we quickly flipped that back. But I think it it speaks to the importance of really knowing what you do and doing that well. And so we're really good at flexible and private and turnkey and well-designed. And we can apply that kind of core to short-term, long-term. But when you break some of those things off, that's not what customers look to us for. It makes total sense because, you know, so as I look at a few things here, the green in the logo, the evergreen tree, the name breather, what I expect. And then I look at the aesthetics of the office space, which are clearly, I mean, you guys even get it down to the photo lighting, um, the branding. Yeah. I see that you're putting green in almost every single one of these office spaces. There's it's in, actually in every one of them, as far as I can see it, it looks like it's supposed to be a place of, uh, okay, let's, let's do this. Like it, that's what it looks like and sounds like it's supposed to be. So I can see why that wouldn't work with your brand. hundred percent. It's, it's really a place for you to get away from the distractions and focus on, on your work. Um, and so the more that we can do to kind of uh, cultivate that environment for people, the better our customers are going to respond to it and the more they're going to come back to be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the experience is working on me already. I haven't even been in one yet. How calm are you right now? <laughs> I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this. I, I'm gonna I, I gotta go. I gotta get a space, man. I'll I'll give you the full review after I, I book one of these spaces here. I would love that. Um, let, let's let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Uh, so obviously, you guys are in a very competitive marketplace right now. You have the business as usual to compete against. Mm-hmm. You have uh, other flex office space to compete against. You have other co working spaces which are maybe an indirect competitor, but they're still vying for the same office space that you're vying for. So they're a competitor to you guys. Um, And with that has come a massive influx of cash. There's a lot of money being raised specifically for this segment of real estate. Um, Why do you think so much right now has been focused? And I'll say right now, but really the last two years, I think we've seen the, the, the waves come in, like full on tidal waves of money come into this space. Why do you think now? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just about two years ago that JLL put out a report saying that flexible office was going to go from about 2% of the market to about 30% of the market. When you're talking about a multi-trillion dollar asset class, that kind of 15x growth 
there just really aren't a lot of opportunities to be able to put money to work in a market that is multi-trillion dollars that is growing 15x over the next, you know, call it 10, 20 years. And so I think that's been uh, a really big driver in, in the investment dollars. There's mm. cash looking for investments kind of across the spectrum. And real estate is a really great place to, to put your money because you have this really huge upside in flexible office space. Uh, but it's also an asset class that investors are familiar with. And so I think yeah. it's the best of both worlds there. It makes some sense. It's it's a proven model. Well, flex space is relatively new, but real estate in general is a proven model. And then also, you know, think about it. If the if the lo- location is killer, it's not like that building is likely going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's not. So you need to get that today because it's not going to be there tomorrow necessarily. So I, I totally understand. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, one, the last thing I wanted to cover here before we shift gears and move into the bottom of the show segments, um, you know, so you guys have the Canadian, you've got some UK, you got US. How many locations are there so I can get a sense of, you know, what are my options out there? Yeah, we have about 500 locations uh, around the globe. Wow. Any, in, any, any uh, immediate goal? I'm assuming you guys are still growing that. Like, what's the, the next milestone for you guys as far as number of locations you want to hit? Yeah, so we're actually not looking at a number of locations as much as just kind of square footage that we're adding now. And, and really, we're adding a, as much space uh, as we can that's going to meet our customers' needs. So I think if you look at uh, the way that a lot of our competitors are approaching the market, they'll take anything um, at any price. What we're saying is we'll use, we have an incredible data science team, we have an awesome research team, uh, and we have great relationships with our customers. And so we'll use that to say, where do our customers want to be? What types of space do they want to be in and how much are they willing to pay? And we start every conversation about acquiring space with those three things. And so we're going to take as much space as makes sense and as we can do in a really intelligent way uh, to be yeah. where our customers want to be. We don't have um, you know, a goal of acquiring 10 million square feet over the next year because 10 million empty square feet is the worst possible thing that you can have. Yeah, that sounds like a big problem. <laughs> It's it's wild out there, man. I got to tell you, it, it's really wild in the market right now. There are some deals that we pass up and then we see that one of our competitors ended up taking it and they might have better Excel spreadsheets than we do, but I don't know how the numbers work. <laughs> it's like, it's interesting. I'm using the same formula you're using, but you came up with a different number. There might be some different assumptions that go into that formula. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, that, w- that would make a lot of sense. It kind of reminds me a little bit of... Well, it just makes sense. So, I mean, because to me on the outside, right, it looks almost like you have this interesting balance of you have to create the product before it's been ordered mm-hmm. so that you can have it to offer. But this isn't, this isn't just simply a product. Like this is, you're talking location, it's a certain size, you have to have a, a good persona or company in mind, which is even more difficult, in my opinion, than just persona. Like you have to have a company, which is an array of personas. I mean, that's got to be a heck of a balance to strike. One of the biggest advantages that I think we have is that we do have this network of 500 spaces that are all a bit smaller than, than what we're adding now, <clears throat> but provide a lot of data points uh, geospatially in terms of the companies that use them, mm-hmm. in terms of how long they like to use them for, what types of employees they have who work out of those spaces. So we can feel pretty confident when we go into, into a, new, uh, a new space on the office side now that we're taking bigger spaces, 5,000, 10,000 square feet. We also yeah. probably have 10 spaces in that neighborhood. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. You know, uh, for us, a side street address is often better than, uh, than an avenue address because you're paying up for that avenue address. 
but yep. the customer doesn't care as much when it's a shorter term deal. And so we can find smarter deals by really understanding from these 500 spaces and the six years of experience, what customers care about and what customers don't care about. So we can kind of money ball real estate based on the data that we have. Love it. Love it. I also, just as a side thought, I was just thinking, uh, your phone must be lit up from per, uh, office furniture sales reps. We actually manage our own our own supply chain. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, man, that's got to be brutal. I get called <laughs> from Yelp every day. They still think I'm a realtor to sell me ads, and I. They don't I haven't. Miss. I haven't gotten the Yelp. I will say my phone is blowing up with with telemarketers more than it ever. Yeah. Before, yeah. But. I'll go on the record. Stay off the phone with Yelp. That's my opinion, but. <laughs> That's, uh, that's me. So we're going to shift gears here. We're going to move into a game I like to call For the Future. So For the Future is a segment of the show where I get to ask each guest to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Packy, you're ready to play. Oh man, I am ready to play. <laughs> All right. Question number one, what does Breather look like one year from now? Yes, I think we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but we're going to be adding spaces where our customers want and designing them in a way that our customers want. Um, I think what you'll really see kind of uh, as, as two real evolutions of the product is we're going to make it really, really seamless uh, to be able to connect the office space and the meeting spaces. So that's going to be one thing that you're going to see us get better and better at. And then two, I think we're going to be able to revolutionize the way that people book office space the same way that we did with meeting space where at a click of a button, you have access to a space in a commercial office building. That was never really done before. I think you're going to be able to see the same thing happen on the office side and, and really make it just as easy as possible for people to, to get themselves into an office space. Cool. Uh, question number two, what does the housing market look like one year from now? So what does the housing market look like? This is a little bit outside of, uh, outside of my purview uh, professionally, but uh, we've been looking, uh, looking at home with my wife and I. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see any signs, at least in New York City, of it slowing down. Um, but this is not my, uh, my professional opinion. I'm sure I'll be wrong. Smarter people than me have been wrong in the housing market. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I know that this question seems like a little bit of an oddball here, but housing impacts its direct consumer sentiment. It impacts so many other industries, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's super important. It's just not something I think I have a smarter view on. Than <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, man. I, I get it. Uh, it's just for me, you know, I want to know. Where <laughs> uh, question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's kind of what we talked about before. I think it's people paying exorbitant rents uh, and passing them along to clients. And so we have this really kind of frothy piece of the market. We're able to find really great deals by being able to work with our existing landlord partners who know and trust us and want us in their buildings. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's dangerous for the industry to have people out there just kind of indiscriminately taking whatever deal they can get their hands on. Um, growth in, in real estate is very different than growth in an industry when you're not locking in five and 10-year leases. And so making these big bets just for the sake of growth right now, I think um, is going to cause some pain to, to some companies. You, you, don't, you don't want to say which ones? Uh, there, are, there are a few companies in our space. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, question number four, uh, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Yeah, the idea of having an office. Um, so I, I think... For us, you know, we've been able to extend the office so far to include meeting spaces and different spaces around where you can do different types of work. But I really think that as uh, video conferencing gets better, uh, as 
it becomes easier and easier to kind of connect and do whatever you need from wherever you are. Uh, as, and as it gets easier to rent space a la carte, the idea of just having one office where people come to work every day, nine to five, it's already starting to go away. And I think, you know, yeah. that concept is probably not something that people are familiar with. Our kids are going to be looking at us and saying, you did what? You went to the same place every day. <laughs> now they'll, they'll be saying, I'm sorry. So you had to drive your car and sit in traffic for an hour and a half just to get to work? They might be saying you had to work. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> man, that would be like 20 years. That means I'm, I'm done working in 20 years, man. Let's do that. Let's make that happen. Get rid of the park. Hard. I'll see you. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to move into the last three. Uh, Packy, these are questions more about you. So our listeners get to learn about you. Um, question number one, what are you reading? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, this answer got stolen on your podcast with, uh, with Michael and Overtown, but um, I'm, I just finished reading Loon Shots by Safi Bacall, which was okay. fascinating. And I think a lot of people are... So you also recommend Moonshots? Loonshots with an L. Loonshots. Yeah. ideas. I, I really do. I, I, I don't think that there uh, has been a book that I've read recently that is as information dense and as kind of applicable to how you have a company structure that both allows for the creation of new crazy ideas that can really transform a business and an industry while also being able to sustain, uh, sustain the ideas that kind of got you where you were. Um, yeah. And so I, that book has, has had a really big impact recently. And now I'm on to reading uh, Range by David Epstein, um, which is really about how generalists can succeed in an increasingly specialized world. And the example yes. there is uh, Tiger versus Roger. It's a Tiger. Tiger Woods is this example of someone who grew up from you know, one-year-old with a golf club in his hand, became specialized, 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 and became one of the best golfers in the history of the world. Roger Federer, on the other hand, didn't really play tennis. His mom was a tennis coach, but discouraged him from playing, played a bunch of other sports, and then became the best tennis player in the world. And, and his argument is that actually more of the people who succeed across things that are not as specific as maybe chess or something with very clearly defined rules are more like Roger Federer. And they're people who've had a wide range of experiences. Um, so that one, I'm only 10% of the way into, but it's been really fascinating so far. You know, back in the day when I used to blog, um, my, my blog's subtitle was specializing and generalizing. Man, it's, it could be mine as well. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I can say personally, you know, that what they call that T-shaped professional, right? Yep. Like really good at one thing deep in that, but then have a, a broad array of skill sets and bring to the table on that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's cool. Uh, question number two, who are you learning from? Oh man. Um, so aside from kind of the, the people that I'm reading and listening to, I think who I learned the most from are, are the people on, on my team. So like I said, I, I worked in finance before I came into Breather really as a generalist. And now I get to work with this team of people who are really kind of best in class at real estate, at design, at operations, at construction, all these things that I actually don't have a, a background in. But the people on my team are just kind of so world-class at it. And so I'm learning from them every day. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a really fun environment. Um, and last one, what inspires you? This is a big one. This is like a, a psychology session. Um, <laughs> I'll make it more specific on what inspires me at work. And, and one of the things that is... That's fine. Yeah. One of the things that has always been the, the coolest to me is seeing companies use Breather whose products I use. And so the first time I saw Uber make a booking or Spotify make a booking, like, no way. They're in that space building something that 
I'm going to use. Uh, and so being able now to, to be able to take a lot well, of Well, they're time. using your product. I mean, you're designing their experience. That's it's pretty cra- meta. It's, it's very meta and it's crazy. And it's one of the things that I love most about working at this company is there are thousands of examples of companies who are making things that people love and being yeah. able to spend more time on that because they're not spending uh, as much time worrying about their space. That's got to be uh, that's got to be a really cool feeling to kind of deliver to the companies that you look to and uh, you know are inspired by. That's amazing. it's still wild to me. <laughs> do you get uh, do you get free Spotify? I don't get free Spotify. <laughs> they don't. To be fair, they don't get free breather either. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. That, you know that'd be uh, yeah. Well, maybe maybe every breather office comes with uh, Spotify Pro. It's not a bad idea at all. I mean, you, you, know, you could really design a pretty cool office just partnering with all the, the companies that use breather spaces. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, this has been awesome. I, I, I learned much more about breather than I knew previously. Um, I think what you guys are doing is great. And it's so crazy. I don't normally just get a brand, but I get you guys. I, I, I get the branding and the feeling that you're, you're trying to accomplish because I'm not the soft skills kind of guy. That's not my <laughs> thing. So... Uh, kudos to you guys because I think it's just phenomenal. Um, if people want to connect with you uh, or they want to learn more about Breather, where do they go? How do they do that? Yeah, so it, to learn more about Breather, go to www.breather.com uh, and you can find out uh, everything you need. You can check out the spaces that Nate's been talking about right there on the website. Uh, to find me, I'm probably easiest at PackyM on Twitter uh, or Packy at Breather.com. All right. Well, then uh, it's been great. And uh, I I can't wait to check out a space in person and really appreciate your time and sharing. Also, thank you for listening to previous shows. That means a lot to me. And I love listening to podcasts and and yours in particular really resonated because we're moving into an Airbnb now. And so kind of getting to pick up tips and even hearing some of the pain points that your guests are solving that we're (laughs) dealing with in the real world is like, Oh my God, I need to listen more and more. (laughs) That's awesome. That's really great. Encouraging to hear. So I appreciate that. Uh, Let's keep in touch. I can't wait to see uh, breather take on more space in a meaningful way. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. All right. See you guys. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.